Hello and welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bases Loaded. Bases Loaded is a fantasy baseball podcast, and I'm Mike Curland. And tonight we have everybody back for once. George is George with me. Zach is with me. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm Mike at Mike underscore Curland. I already said that. Uh, George is at Jay Montanez ninety, and Zach is at Graf Z. Zach, you are back from vacation. How are you doing? I am back. It feels good to be back. Sorry for the long absence. I was uh, visiting some family up in Jersey, but it's good to be back with you guys. It's been far too long, and boy, we had a uh, a busy day today. And I'm excited to talk about it with you guys. Yeah, George, how are yeah. you doing, by the way? By the way, I guess I should mention you. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing pretty good. Um, just you know, excited to get the three of us back together to, especially on this day of all days, you know, trade deadline to give our take on on all these moves today. Yep, and as you just both alluded to, we are going to jump into all that. But this is and this is episode 35 and we're just basically going to talk about a lot of the big moves. Some of the some smaller stuff might come up, but I think all in all we're just going to talk about it as a whole and just give our fantasy takes on it, how it affects rest of season stuff, how some of this stuff affects your dynasty leagues. I'll make sure to leave timestamps to help everybody out. Uh me personally, I don't know what cares how I'm doing, but I just got home from a really busy family night with the Dave and Busters. I did, I did have a few drinks, so that, that, that was nice to take the edge off. But my, <laughs> dude, you have three kids, and, and if you had three kids, you would understand. And if anybody has three kids, they definitely understand. Uh, it doesn't take three kids to understand, actually. You guys probably do understand with one and two. But <laughs> regardless, uh, we can, I mean, there's a few news and notes we can touch on, and they, they're, I mean, it's pretty big deals. Bo Bichette finally got called up. Uh, he's been doing pretty good. I honestly haven't seen the stat line tonight. He, I think he or today. I think he had a home run though. Yeah, he had his first home run today. I think it was three for five. He had his first home run. Uh, he was leading off, led off yesterday, led off today. So excited, excited about that. I, I picked up Bichette. I, I had him stashed uh, at a few places. So excited about that. Zach, you have him anywhere? Did Did you add, go out and add him when he got called up? I don't have any shares of Bo Bichette, but. The kid does look good. He looked really good today. Uh, like George said, first home run, first extra base hit. Uh, he looks like the real deal, and the Blue Jays kind of seem like they're ready to just start playing these young kids. So um, if he is available, definitely somebody I would scoop up. I don't think he's available in any of my leagues. But, but yeah, definitely excited to see what he can do this year. It's just what's tough about him, and obviously I think he's somebody you should make a point to get to, but shortstop is this – is just such a uh, deep position deep. this year, right? It it might be hard to find a spot for him. I mean, if he if he starts running like I expect him to, then obviously you can make room for him because steals are such a big need in most leagues, especially going down the little home stretch here in category leagues. But I can see how it might be tough to find a roster spot for him, man. I mean, some of the shortstops have you know there have been shortstops that have kind of fallen off like Dejong, and that's the main one that comes to mind for some reason. <laughs> but I mean. I don't know. All in all, I think it'd be. I honestly could see why people might have a tough time with them, though. I'm just playing devil's advocate because I mean, it's hard for me to envision a place not rostering them. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I get that. Um, especially like in uh, ten or twelve team leagues, head to head leagues where like you don't have a middle infield spot. Yeah, I could see that definitely being hard to to get them in there. Exactly. And so, since we're talking about young guys, Dustin May from the F- futures game, one of the bigger highlights he's 
seems like it looks like he's called, been called up to start Friday. Is from what I actually just looked that up right before I got on because again I was out. I didn't have all my news and notes ready, but <laughs> it looks like he's coming up Friday, and I'm excited. Any type, any time a Dodgers pitcher comes up, I'm really excited. What say you guys on him? You guys, are you guys gonna be trying to go out and get him tonight? Are you guys gonna have you guys already added him in places? I already grabbed him, and I've had a few people text me, not too happy that I grabbed him before them. This is definitely somebody you want to pick up. I mean, the last big-time Dodgers pitching prospect, um, I said that's worked out pretty well in Walker Bueller. I think Dustin May definitely has um, similar potential as Bueller. Um, so he's starting Friday against San Diego. Pretty pretty good matchup. And it, he's going to get the start. Uh, he's probably going to get some starts down the stretch here. It's possible that he might become a bullpen piece, which we'll get into it a little bit, but maybe – Dustin May is the reason why they didn't make a big splash today with a big reliever because they see this guy as a possible late inning uh, threat in the postseason down the stretch. So it should be interesting to see what they do with May. But yeah, this is another guy that's that's really exciting right now in the fantasy world. Now, I also wonder if it's uh, maybe he gets a chance to stick around in the, as a starter and we see uh, Urias go back to that relief role or Stripling or they have so much. That's one thing Dodgers have always done well. They have pitching, and they have a lot of it. So it, it could be one of those mix and match. Maybe every every third start, he skips a start and throws a couple innings out the bullpen type of thing. You, or they play the DL game, or sorry, the IL game these days, where they, maybe because, you know, Kershaw's going to need some rest down the stretch probably, or they're going to want to rest him because he's back in prior injuries. And, you know, Ryu and my Maeda might lose his spot. You just never know with them anymore. Yeah, they could they could do like a piggyback thing where maybe uh, a Urias gets a start and then you have May, you know, piggybacking off of that or vice versa. You also just don't want this guy to be going back and forth as a starter and a reliever. Like it's a young kid with promise. Like you don't want to mess with his flow, mess with his routine. Um, we've seen that happen before, and it it could mess with a pitcher's mentality. So. Hopefully they kind of make a decision one or the other. Hopefully he continues to start. I mean, like you rattled off, Mike. I mean, they've got guys like Stripling and Urias and Maeda who do have experience in the bullpen. So maybe they would be better suited for that role. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see how Friday goes. Hopefully um, he comes as advertised. Now, there was a light you said, like we talked about earlier. And that was Dustin May we just spoke about, by the way. And... I don't know. Is there any other relevant news or notes, to be completely honest? Again, I had a late uh, late evening with my family, so didn't really see anything else really worth mentioning. There were a few guys that got traded today. Well, <laughs> obviously, yeah. we're getting to that. I meant, like, I inju- any injury, <laughs> any injuries, any uh, – guys. I really wish I didn't let people see how you really were. Oh, um, that was a joke. <laughs> I know I'm joking. One, one name, um, Moncada, went on the IL today. Did he? See, I wasn't. I knew he left with, I think, it was a quad or a hammy yesterday. Um, that's a good question. I don't remember what it was. I think it was a knee or a hammy. See, I don't. Yeah, it's. Um, I'll tell um, you in one. Yeah, <laughs> we're both looking at him on the fly. I swear we're usually more prepared than this. So it was yeah. a ham, grade, grade one hammy strain. Okay, so it's the most minor. That's good. Yeah, it sounds like the expectation he's going to be out like two weeks, but at least it says at least. Who knows? 
likely miss at least two weeks. So I'm going to say at worst a month, but I still think he's a mustache, must-own guy. You'll get him back for the home stretch for that final month at the very least. I fear four weeks is very, very pessimistic and very, very safe in my opinion. That that hurts. I have oh, a lot of Moncada shares. That I mean, that could make him a drop, honestly. That really could. I understand. And if you're trying to make a push, he is somebody you can drop right now because you don't know. It's a hamstring. He's a guy who depends on his speed a little bit. I would try to – I would definitely hold on to him because, again, it could be two weeks. It really could. But oh, yeah. it, could, it could be a month, so. What are you doing between him and Blake Snell and Joey Gallo? See, I had them. I had both of them on the news and notes, but because it's been like a week since we recorded, I figured yeah. I figured people have really just heard enough about them. I'll try to keep it small, uh, short, even though that's not my style. Uh, <laughs> Is that possible? <laughs> no, people don't understand how much I used to edit myself down on on segments. Um, <laughs> so Snell and Gallo are kind of that same boat, and they they're all I think. Realistically, Mercado's probably going to be back first, which says a lot considering he just went on the IL. But I don't – Gallo concerns me because he depends so much on his power to lose a handmate boon or to have it replaced or removed or whatever. We're talking what best-case scenario was Olsen when he came back in, what, four weeks, six weeks roughly, I think it was. He came back in that window, and he came back and was swinging the bat well. But that is not typical. What he did was not your typical response to a handmate injury. So I think Gallo is probably the most droppable for me of all these guys. Snell, I, dude, pitching is tough. I'd have a hard time. I would try to hold on to Snell at all costs. But Gallo is somebody I'm willing. I'd be willing to go because I think his stats are something are that are easiest to make up off the waiver wire right now. Especially when we get into some of these guys off the uh, from the, that have been traded today. There's like a couple guys that stocks have really gone up that I would take a chance on. Um, I would take a chance on if I lost to Gallo for the power. So I think Gallo's the one that I think would be the most droppable of the, of the three for me. And then the other two, I would do what I can to hold them. Yeah. I think that's, I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think I'm with you there. If you look at Gallo's stats, if you would have told me that he was hitting 253, I mean, in the beginning of the season, you'd think he had, he'd have like what 40 home runs at this point with the 253 average. Uh, You know, he's got 22. So you're not, I mean, how, how much are you really missing? And then even among, if you take a look at the players with at least a 253 average and 22 home runs, among those, he ranks among the lowest in, in runs in RBI. So, I mean, are you disappointed at this point as a Joey Gallo owner? And, you know, maybe that is um, easily replaceable at this point. Maybe you can go ahead and drop him. I wouldn't say I'm disappointed as an owner, but I'm definitely surprised that his uh, – it's one of those that he just has those stats. I mean, like, uh, the word just sticks out. Like, he should have more. He just has what you mentioned. I would expect more – I would have expected more from Gallo. You're right. But all in all, I think I would be okay because he was still on, like, a 40-plus home run pace, I believe, or close to 40 home runs, maybe 35-ish. But 250, 260, the fact that he was giving you the power without killing your batting average, I was will, I, I'd be willing to take a little less power – for a guy that I know is going to put 35 in the bank, but not not kill one category. And he, he was doing really well in OB, you know, points leagues and OBP leagues. He was a little better because he was getting on base a lot more. But I think we spent enough time on Gallo. <laughs> I, I don't want to just talk <laughs> about him. And there's a lot more exciting stuff to get to. So Definitely. I think the first thing I want to bring up is because it's, I mean, it's not even the freshest thing to talk about, but that we're going to, it was, it's the Trevor Bauer trade. 
I think that's a good place to start. I want to talk about some of these trades that happened before today, and then we'll get into today's stuff. Kind of cover, I think on this trade, you had Trevor Bauer from the Indians <laughs> on the heels of a brawl, go to the Reds, because that's going to help tension over there between the Reds and the Pirates. Uh, you had the so you had Trevor Bauer go to the Reds. You had the Reds send uh, Taylor Trammell to the Padres and Yasiel Puig to the Indians. It's a mess. Basically, what? So let's let's break it down easier. Bauer, yeah. <laughs> Bauer, Bauer to the Reds, Framil Reyes, and Yasiel Puig to the Indians and Logan Allen. Sorry, and then the Padres got Taylor Trammell. Who do you think got the best <laughs> part of this deal? I, I still don't think I clarified it that well. <laughs> What, where do you stand on this trade, though, as a whole, guys? Like, what do you guys think on it? Oh, man. Uh, I think it's a good move for the Indians, really. Uh, getting Logan Allen, Fernando Reyes, and Yasiel Puig, I, I think that's a huge boost to their offense. Um, and now Bauer, Trevor Bauer's got the skills, you know, obviously we've seen him have the skills to, to be one of the top pitchers in baseball, so you, you can't hate it from the Reds' perspective. And then, you know, Trammell... I, th- I think the, the most questionable, if there's a questionable team here, I mean, maybe the Padres, but I mean, Tr- Trammell's got in- incredible talent. Uh, he's having a down year, but he's, you know, among the top prospects in baseball. Um, so it's really hard, hard to say like who comes out the best here, but I think, you know, for me, if I had to rank them, I'd probably go Indians, Reds, Padres. Yeah, I, th- I think that sounds about right. I mean, I think all three of these teams made out pretty good in this trade. Um, Taylor Trammell is a nice piece. He struggled. He's definitely regressed a little bit this year, and the Padres are are taking a chance on that skill set that we saw from him last year. Um, there's just there comes a point where the Padres they really need to kind of start getting some major league talent, uh, major league ready type guys in these trades. They're, they've been accumulating a ton of prospects these past few years. And, yeah, it looks great. Their farm system is loaded. It looks great. But there comes a time where they have to start winning. Um, and it should be interesting to see if Taylor Trammell is going to help them do that. Um, it's probably going to take at least a year or two for to see some impact of this deal from them. So we'll see. But Framel Reyes, he really he's, – he's been a nice surprise this year. But he really – I think he had to go. He's not – the prototypical player um, for an NL team. He really belongs in the AL. He's a liability on defense. Uh, the Indians needed an outfielder. So Reyes fills that void. They got Puig to fill that void as well. And Logan Allen can kind of slot into the back end of that rotation. So it's a nice deal for them as well. They're definitely still going for it this year, and they have the pitching depth. You got guys like Clevenger and Plesak who have stepped up, Salazar coming back, hopefully Kluber, Carrasco can come back. So they definitely have the pitching depth to absorb a loss yeah. in power. Yeah, you're forgetting Shane Bieber. Wow, I'm sorry. I forgot <laughs> Shane Bieber, who's looked the best out of all of them, honestly. Right, yeah. This makes, so. you, this makes you wonder. Maybe they, they obviously would know more about the Carrasco situation than we do. I wonder how confident they are in him returning because this type of deal suggests they expect maybe all of them to be healthy going into the final stretch run. I know Kluber's due for all he's already going to be, he's about to be rehabbing soon. He'll be back mid, mid August, maybe late August at this point, it seems like. So you're going to get Kluber back for all of September and ramping up for the playoffs for sure, which is awesome. Maybe Carrasco is going to surprise us and come back mid to late August. We don't know anything about him. I looked yeah. him up today. I, I got nothing. 
I've heard, I've seen things like maybe speculating that he'll be back sooner than later, but there's no clear set outline. So I'm wondering if this is kind of a hint to us about his, about his health. Yeah. And I know that they are activating Danny Salazar, who should be starting tomorrow. Um, it's so tomorrow. There's, yeah. Yeah. I think he'll be starting tomorrow. Um, cool. So that's just another piece right there. You know, I, I, I like this. They like, they, like you mentioned, they needed the, the offense. They needed the help in the outfield. This probably moves guys like, Jordan Luplo, Greg Allen, Mike Freeman, Jake Bowers, those kind of guys, they were starting right on a regular basis. And, you know, when you can have someone like Yasiel Puig and Fernando Reyes, who I think, you know, Reyes, you know, if it weren't for inconsistent playing time, I, I think he'd have much better numbers at this point. I actually really like Reyes. I, I think he benefits um, a lot, you know, for the rest of this season. He, he would basically, he's basically Joey Gallo. He's a 250 hitter with 40 plus home run power. And, I think he can hit. I think he's a little better than a 250 hitter. Well, you can. Like, my point. Sorry, I was saying. My I guess my point was is remember how you mentioned how valuable is Gallo to you? Well, you could right. drop Gallo. You could probably drop Gallo and get Fran Mill in some leagues still. Yeah, exactly. And I would and make I that move. move. <laughs> We're on the same page on that one. Now, <laughs> Logan Allen. I think it might be a little underrated because I didn't think about this, but I did see somebody on Twitter point this out, and it really made me think about it. When you think of good pitching and people and teams that really know how to like. I can't think of the word teach up, I guess, teach up pitchers and really get them to maximize their potential. Astros come to mind, but the Indians really are underrated about, it, or at least I'm not really thought about. Think yeah, about all, we, we just, we just named all their players and I think they're pretty much all homegrown. Yeah. So I think Logan Allen has a chance, not this year, but I think maybe next year to surprise us and be one of those sleeper type of pitchers, maybe even down the stretch. We'll see. I'm not going to focus on him too much. I kind of want to get to the Padres guys a little bit, and then we can move on because we've been on this trade for about 10 minutes now, it feels like. Sure. <laughs> but the Padres guys, I mean, instant, you have instant – first of all, Margot, my boy, um, Myers is back to being relevant. I think Myers, Margot, and Renfro all get that boost because I feel like they all have a safe, secure spot now. Myers was possibly the biggest winner of this deal. He, I mean, he, he was starting last two days before the trade deadline, so you knew something was up. And then now Myers is back to starting every day, I think, or just about. I think he's, I think he's another guy you got to go out and get if he's available. And he's Man. only owned, a, I think, <laughs> if you, if he needs speed, if he but needs he's, speed, he's not even running that much. Anymore. Yeah, he didn't play for almost a month. It feels like <laughs> he played even like if he was playing, he'd probably have the same number of steals. I really don't like you. Yeah, I, I, I mean, <laughs> thirty thirty threat preseason hype. That was all me, man. I was on that That's train. Right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I'll take the L on that. That's fine. Because I was on Myers really big. But, hey, Conforto's looked better of late. He's a second-half guy. I told you. Oh, I was telling George about that on the last one, one of those podcasts. I was, yeah, still, I was, still, I was still in on Conforto. And he's, he had another home run yesterday. So. But that's a whole other discussion. But regardless, I think all the – I think it's just nice to know that you can start running for Margo and Myers – if you need speed, Margot, then Myers, but Renfro for power. Regardless, you know you can you know you have an outfielder that's gonna start majority of the days now. Like there's no no more of these games until Franchi Cordero comes back. Yeah. And until <laughs> Taylor Trammell is called up in two years. And then we'll have this discussion again. He should be up next year, I would think. I don't Which know. Which is even worse. 
He's had a slow year, but let's also point out the Reds are are really building a staff. They got a nice staff in in Bauer and Sonny Gray and Luis Castillo. It's a nice formidable punch at the top of that rotation. They're they're trying to compete in that division. Um, and so. I, th- I think they can. It's actually pretty. I mean, the Cubs aren't what they used to be. The Pirates are nothing. The uh, Cardinals are Cardinals okay. are good lately. Yeah, but. These teams are all very streaky, very streaky teams. Whoever goes on the run at the end of the season is most likely going to win that division. I don't think the Reds are competing this year. I think they have. I think they're better for next year. But I do think that. I guess my point was is that they have a and and they have a pretty. I mean, they have a good young core. I think they actually have a bright future. But I think we can move on. We touched on this very very in in depth. Um, a couple. I'm sorry. You wanted to add something, George. Yeah, just one more quick note. What? How do you feel about now one of the top pitchers, Trevor Bauer, the rest of the season in Cincinnati? I ultimately think it's about there's a little there's little to no change. He goes from he goes from a better park and an easier division, but he goes to the NL where he doesn't have to face he gets to face the pitcher every ninth batter, and the division isn't terribly difficult. But it's still a better division. But that ballpark, he's I think one of the top five as far as like home runs allowed on the year. And now he's going to a little little league ballpark. That is concerning. He might not be bad, but he's gonna that long ball. I think is really gonna get him now. So I'm really I'm not sure if it's no change. It might be a slight downward change for me because of the like I said. But the big thing is the division difference. He's going from a way like even in that division. Even though he was in the AL, that division was so. So favorable for him, <laughs> right? And yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm with you. If anything, it's maybe just a slight downgrade, but I still expect him to be among the top 15 yeah. uh, starting pitchers. He's still an elite pitcher, and I expect him to do big things the rest of the season. I'm not overly concerned, and like you said, just a maybe a slight downtick in his stock, but nothing too crazy. So now that we discussed this huge power trade and all that good stuff, the next big trade happened today. It was Grinky. Now, no one saw this coming. Grinky has, like, uh, what, a 15-team no-trade clause, and yet he – I guess he waived it or the Astros weren't on it. But that he was traded – Grinky was traded to the Astros for Seth Beer, um, Corbin Martin, Josh Rojas, and J.B. Bukaskis. That's I think, an awesome name, by the way. Bukaskis. <laughs> we all know – yeah. Anyways. Should be a Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. Or in a different industry. <laughs> Goodness. Uh, Grinky. I love this move. And I don't think I don't think anybody's against this move. And I think it's fair on both sides. I don't know how the D-Bags did not get – I don't know how the Astros got away with this without giving up one of their top two guys. They and Whitley up- and Tucker. I, I would have put money on it that Tucker was involved in this deal somehow. Well, they took on – I think it's because they took on $54 million of his remaining contract. Yeah, that's huge. People don't realize – and that's another thing because I, 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 I'm the one that's been really guilty of this in the past. I'm like, oh, that's all they got? Money plays such a big deal in these parts. And the fact that they still got – I think Beer and Bukaskis both – I know Beer for sure. Yeah. I, th- I think those two are top 100 prospects with Martin not too far out and Rojas having his own upside as, as it is as well. I think – and the fact that 
50 of the 80 million or 50 of the 75 million left on the contract is being covered 50 it's over 50 million it's like 54 million i think the astros i think this was a really really good trade for both sides and i really like this this uh, i really like the diamondback side of this not only they traded Gringy, but they gained that gallon today and it looks like this they had this in the works and they knew this was about to happen it all it all makes sense now because gallon bridges that gap and they just gained really they just they just really improved their depth of their minor league system and beer is really underrated i think beer could be up next year and be a legitimate solid contributor as a like a just a four category guy he's not he doesn't really steal bases at all but He's just a solid – I think he's a solid guy and a little bit underrated as a prospect, especially in fantasy. Seth Beer is a solid fantasy uh, asset for sure in dynasty leagues. Yeah, absolutely. He could be playing first base for the Diamondbacks next season. And like you said, you know, the, the money is huge for a team that is rebuilding like the Diamondbacks. You knew that the Astros were going to get somebody. They were, you know, linked to Matthew Boyd, who I'm disappointed didn't go to the Astros. Um, you know, Zach Wheeler, Madison Bumgarner. The, the Zach Greinke thing just kind of – kind of came out of nowhere but it's huge for the Astros you, you knew they were going to get somebody um you know it's big for Granky owners as far as the return yeah you're kind of you know Astros didn't have to give up any of their top prospects and that's kind of the thing right now you know no no one wants to give up their top prospects and if it costs the Astros you know money to to uh, take on Granky and and then you know make that big addition to go for it then that that's what they needed to do yeah, and they got they got Houston's three, four, and five guys, so it's not like they're not getting quality prospects in return. Um, and like you said, two of them are top one hundred guys, so they definitely got some great value in return. But this is this is a huge move for the Astros. They add another ace, so they basically have three aces on their staff right now. They're in complete win now mode, and this makes them heavy favorites this year. And it's also a strong move because you got Garrett Cole, who's a free agent next year. Wade Miley, who okay, whatever. Wade Miley, but I mean, he's been productive. <laughs> he's been productive this no, year. He's been great. That's not like yeah. he's been great. He's but, been good. It's not a sexy name, but just, uh, most likely Cole and Miley will be gone next year. So Granky and Verlander at the front of this rotation next year. It's it's a huge move for the Astros. And now Whitley, I mean, Whitley took a step back this year. So I think if they can get Whitley on the right track, Whitley could fill in like the back end of that rotation next year with ace upside in his own right, with yep. well, at least what his pedigree suggests. So Scary I think team. I think they have a bright future, but I think this was a great move for them. And it doesn't, again, you mentioned it. They get to keep Alvarez, who might have graduated from prospect, from being a prospect already, but they still have him. They have Kyle Tucker, which he's become like the new – he he's become the new Clint Frazier. Like like him and Clint Frazier should be hanging out because they, they, they their team. I don't understand what's going on with them. And then uh and then they still have like you said like uh what's his face? I just said his name. Like so, Force Whitley. Yeah, thanks. So they they kept those three guys and made this move. It's a win win. And I, again, I think that's a big the Diamondbacks get was it's people are I don't think people realize how good it really is. So. I think we're it's this one isn't as big deal isn't really as much to break down because we're all pretty much in agreement that this was a great deal for both sides and pretty fair as a whole. But didn't didn't did the Astros get anybody else? To, didn't they get like a couple minor pieces as well? They got um they made a big deal with the Blue Jays. They got Aaron Sanchez. They got Joe Biagiani. Oh, Biagini. 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 So sorry. <laughs> 
Um, so they got Biajimi, and they got another piece as well. I think it was Cal like, Stevenson. Cal, Cal Stevenson. Yeah. But the move that intrigues me with that is the Aaron Sanchez piece. Um, he's he's had a horrible season. It's been pretty much god awful season for him. But we've seen what Sanchez can do. Uh, two years ago, he had the big season where he led the AL and ERA. And last year just had all the blister problems. He's had some blister problems this year. But if if he can figure things out in Houston with that spin rate and high velo of his, he could be a dangerous piece, whether it be as a, a starter or a key bullpen piece. He's He's got amazing stuff. So it should be interesting to see how the Astros handle him, whether it be starter or bullpen guy, but that's that could be a big sneaky pickup uh, for the rest of the year. I'm not – I'm just over Sanchez, man. I mean, I just I just believe in the – I believe in the system at this point. So, obviously, anytime you see the Astros pick up a starter or any pitcher, you, you take notice. You definitely take notice. So, I think Sanchez is worth a flyer if he's not already owning your leagues. I just not sure if they're going to utilize him as a starter or not. They have so much going on right now with that with that spot. They have Framber Valdez, that's like their on and off again guy. They have Rikidi, which I think just blew it uh, blew his shot tonight when he gave up like six hundred runs or whatever it was and lost the game. Uh, just... I remember. I remember earlier this season. Just back to Sanchez for a second. We did a mailbag episode earlier this season and this was when Chris Sale was really struggling and somebody wanted to do um I don't remember who the prospect was but they wanted they asked us if they should take Aaron Sanchez and a prospect for Chris Sale oh god <laughs> we we talked them off the ledge but my goodness <laughs> how things have changed now I'm over here like I really want to roster the guy uh, you should have done that deal now that Sanchez is on the Astros. I don't know. Stop it. People, <laughs> pe- the problem is, is that if that guy's still listening, we, we just lost all credibility. Heck, we lost all credibility if we really suggest that. You stop that. <laughs> you stop that. That That's that's ridiculous. I can't. Uh, I, all right. We can move on. I'm just looking at this stuff. A uh, few little things. The Twins got some bullpen help. Good for them. In the form of what, Romo? And what's his face from the Giants? Uh, help me out here. Um, sorry, Sam Dyson. Yeah. Sam Dyson, thank you. Deacon to the A's. That's like a, I think it's an underrated, solid bullpen move. Uh, the A's also got they also like in the middle of like all the craziness. The A's like I, I tweeted out because it was really funny. The A's like quietly acquired Tanner Roark from the Reds today, and I don't have any interest in Roark in any type of format. Maybe fifteen teamers or some points leagues, maybe as a streaming option. Do you guys have any interest in in Roark? A's have had a nice uh, a nice trade deadline. Hasn't no no major splashy moves, but they've got in Tanner Roark today. They got Homer Bailey earlier right. uh, last week. They got <laughs> Jake Deakman. I mean, this is this is a, a solid pen. You got Deakman, who's a really solid lefty, um, little side side armed, hard throwing lefty. Yeah, Here with Trine and Hendricks. You got Soria Trevino. Petite. I mean, it's a solid pen, and they just added two veteran pitchers to the rotation. I mean, some sneaky, quiet moves. Nothing splashy, but you know what? That's kind of what the A's do year in, year out, and they always compete. So I think the A's have had a nice, uh, nice little trade deadline here. You know, I'm. Oh yeah, I agree with that. I'm just looking at. I'm just trying to think where I want to go with this. There's just so much to still talk about. Uh, 
I think we need to touch upon a deal that was made a couple of days ago, and that's the Stroman deal. Well, I was going to get to that because I wanted to know if you wanted to just go from like – because three, three of our teams, for those who don't know, I'm a Marlins fan, George is a Giants fan, and you're a Mets fan. And yeah. I, th- I, think, I, think the th- I think three – I think our three teams really made some interesting and fun moves today for, for fantasy and reality. A lot to be excited this, about. This week. doesn't have to necessarily be today. Well, yeah, I meant this week because, you, you, yeah, you're part of my disappointments. We'll get to those later. But I think all in all, I think that we're talking about – so maybe we should just go player person by person here and just give a little bit of, like, what we thought about our trade. So I'll let you – since you want to talk about the Mets so badly, as it's – and in, in all fairness, in all fairness, you haven't spoken in, like, a month. So – You're going to let me speak? I No, I like, I like to talk. But – I'll, yeah, you go ahead and go with the Mets. Right. I'll we'll talk, talk a little bit about the Mets. Yes, please, because they hurt my head. So they they hurt my head too, man. <laughs> they hurt every Mets fan's head. Um, Mets are just doing Mets things right now. Um, we were expected to be sellers. Obviously, the two big pieces, Wheeler and Syndergaard, did not get traded. Um, they said yesterday that Thor was taken off the market, and Wheeler um, – Thought, honestly thought he was going to end up as an, an Astro today, did not go. But the surprising move of all of this was that we're actually buyers, apparently. I don't know why, because I really don't think we're doing anything this year at the rate we're going. Um, and also Edwin Diaz was apparently on the market after we just acquired him for our top prospects. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> but we got... <laughs> We got Stroman for basically our two top pitching prospects. Um, they're not top 100 guys, but Anthony Kay, we've talked about him before. He's had a very good season. Um, slowed down a little bit in AAA, but he had a great year in AA. Um, I was looking forward to him making an impact this year for us once we traded Wheeler, but that's well, not happening. There's the, there's the New Yorker and you coming yeah. out. And then Simeon Woods-Richardson was another um, a high draft pick. Um, I think it was last year or the year before. But he's had a nice, nice progress this year in the minors as well. So, of course, once they start pitching well, we trade them. And it just doesn't make sense because I'm sorry, but everybody thinks the Mets are now making a run at the second wild card spot. We're not going anywhere this year. It just doesn't make sense. But it also kind of makes you think that Brody is still playing for next year. Stroman's under contract for next year. Okay. Awesome. I mean, it, it's just a very confusing deal. It's not helping us this year. I think the ultimate plan for Brody was to get Stroman and try and flip him to the Yankees or another team, trying to use that as leverage to get a better price. But that backfired as well. Um, so it's all in all, it makes the Mets rotation solid for this year. And if they're really considering making a run for it, okay, it gives us one of the best rotations in baseball. The Mets rotation, they've actually had one of the best ERAs in baseball the second half, so we have that going for us. But Edwin Diaz is still um, a liability at the end of the game, so I don't, I don't know. It's just a very confusing deal. You're expected to see Wheeler go, but it sounds like we're being low-balled um, on a lot of the Wheeler offers. And I think all in all, if you offer him a qualifying offer and get draft pick compensation for it next year – I'm okay with that to re- retool the farm system that was just completely shot by, by the Mets and trading our top two pitching prospects. So that's the end of my rant. And um, I still don't know how I feel about it, but I still don't think the Mets are going anywhere this year. So thanks a lot, Brody and the Mets.
appreciate I, it. I think you are literally stuck as middlemen. Now, you guys have been, I think it was a five-game win streak, so I think there's some false hope there for you to, to cling on to. We're also, we have a very weak schedule. Um, this past week, we're playing the White Sox, the Marlins, the Pirates. It's a weak schedule. If we can't dominate that schedule, then we don't deserve to be having this discussion about the second wild card seed. But um, I don't know, man. It's just <laughs> yeah. questionable I mean, Mets moves all around. Yeah. I mean, you look at their roster, and I mean, they could be one of those teams that maybe turns it around pretty quickly next year. Uh, I think maybe that's what they're hoping for. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, they thought we were going to compete this year. We had we had the pitching, we had the lineup, but the guys just didn't come to play. They just didn't produce like they were capable of producing. And yeah, on paper, their team next year, it looks like they could maybe make some noise. But um, I'm just tired of hearing about it. Just need to do it. <laughs> yeah, and it's just tough because I mean, you do like when you think the Nationals are out of it. They go out and, I mean, they've actually – they're in it. Not only are they in it, but if it wasn't for their bullpen being so terrible, they would be really in it. And they've addressed that today a little bit. I guess we can just – that's a quick note. We can They added, what, three relievers in Rowena's, Elias, Strickland, and Daniel Hudson. So nothing special, nothing even good as far as, like, not great relief pitchers. But the sad thing is those are really good upgrades for them. That's how bad their bullpen is. Yeah, Absolutely. So, and and then unfortunately, then you have teams like the Braves. Again, we can just touch on these real quick. They did the same thing. They went out and uh, traded for Chris Martin a couple days ago. They gave up Kobe Allard. They, they finally got rid of some of their depth. They went out and got Shane Green for Joey Wentz today. They went out and got oh, – there's one more somewhere. It's like I scattered them all over my notes. <laughs> they went out and got, uh, I think, one more relief pitcher. I can't think. Yeah, they got Mark Melanson from the Thank Giants. you. Yeah. Thank you. Because that's perfect because that's going to lead right into your Giants talk because <laughs> the Giants are one of your teams. But it's just, unfortunately, our division is – and I say our division because, again, I'm the Marlins fan here. Our division has just gotten so top-heavy that the Mets, I unfortunately, I think they're kind of stuck. Like, if they were in the if, – if they were – I don't know, a lot of – I can't really think of a division off the top of my head, but there's a lot of other divisions where they'd be competing. And, unfortunately – they are, I think, the third best team in our division. Oh, depending on the Nats, you can argue that they might be the second because the Nats are meh. But they just don't have the bullpen depth. Oh, sorry, needed. I forgot about the Phillies. Even the Phillies. I mean, the Phillies' offense is too. Their pitching is okay, but their offense yeah. is too good to keep up with sometimes. Just to circle back on the Braves deal, um, you know, they they picked up all these relievers, and I mean. Luke Jackson has provided some pretty good value this season, but he's been kind of bad lately. I mean, yeah. he gave Bye-bye. up a rough week or two for him. Yeah, he's had a rough couple of weeks. He's had a rough month of July, actually, really, if you look at it. Um, so, I mean, can someone like Shane Green take over the closer role in Atlanta? Um, someone like Chris Martin? Uh, I mean, if obviously, you know, Shane Green was was an all-star. He, you know, picked up over 20 saves with the with the Tigers, so. In, like, the first month, man. That was crazy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they all came the first month and a half of the season, I feel like. Yeah, so, I mean, if I'm a Shane Green owner, I'm not dropping him just yet. I mean, you, you, you look at the situation there, and Jackson's, you know, maybe leaving that door open for an opportunity. I think one of the biggest winners today fantasy owners of Shane Green. Uh, I think he's going to take that closer's role and not look back. Like you said, Jackson, he's been struggling. Um, it was funny. Um, I was watching MLB Network today uh, during the Braves game, and there were reports all day of the Shane Green, Shane Green deal happening. And Luke Jackson comes in, blows the save, 
the Braves blow the lead. Luckily, I think they came back and won um, in extras. But like right after the Luke Jackson blown save, maybe like 15, 20 minutes later is when the deal broke down, um, when news broke out of the deal. So they were watching this game very closely. They know that they need to do something. And I think Shane Green, they're not going to bring Shane Green in to be a setup guy for Jackson. I think that job is his. And if you're a Shane Green owner, this is probably the best best case scenario. Honestly, the other best case scenario probably would have been the Red Sox him walking into that job, but yeah. they didn't do anything today. So I think Shane Green, fantasy owners, won today. I think he's going to keep that closer role. You're yeah. gonna, you're, this tonight, and I, I'm with you, I'm just thinking for Georgia, because Georgia, Georgia has, has to actually write his bullpen article. And this is going to be funny because – He's lucky, not nearly as much as change as he as should have expected should have changed today. Right. Which again we're gonna touch on. But there was enough change to where it's interesting. It's very like I, I think part of my concern happened. Like teams that were selling closers, like the Marlins, they sold Romo, but then they also so they also sold Nick Anderson. And um a couple other teams did some stuff like that where they sold multiple parts. Yeah, like, the Mariners, like, you know, they traded Rowanus Elias, and you're thinking, oh, maybe Hunter Strickland will be the guy. They also traded Strickland. Yeah, and then what about did Giles get? I don't think Giles got moved, right? He's just no, hurt. Giles didn't get moved. Hudson got moved. Giles did, but so that guy, I can't think of his name. He has no real. Uh, the guy who got a save today has no real value then. Can't even think of his name. That's how bad. Like, he's like a, he's really a nobody. Schaefer, something Schaefer. Like, I'm looking at it because I put in a claim form. And I gotta delete it because um, <laughs> I forgot about Giles for a second. Honestly, I just did it on the fly before I left. But you know that kind of goes into. I think it's a Jarlin the Marlin Garcia. He's looking really. He's at, his numbers aren't so bad this year, and he looks like he's in line to be the uh, closer for the Marlins. Not saying that the Marlins closer is something that you know you gotta have but if you need saves I mean, i'm putting in claims for them i need saves in some spots because a lot of these guys i have so many drops to make because everybody i was holding and stashing did not become a closer today yeah <laughs> one, name, one name that i picked up actually this morning was uh joe jimenez for the tigers figuring that shane green was was a goner and he is so i think jimenez walks right into that role um, obviously, the Tigers, they, they're they not winning all that much. Shane Green hasn't gotten too many save opportunities lately. But, yeah, if you need saves, that's somebody that definitely benefited from the deals today. I'd rather have Jarlin the Marlin. I think the Marlins may get more wins the rest of the season, and he's a better relief pitcher. Yeah. We, you know, we're going to have to see over the next few days as save opportunities come up um, how things shake out. But, yeah, the Tigers situation was one of those that was – pretty cut and clear it was going to be Joe Jimenez he did pitch today against the Angels and if the Tigers hadn't scored five more runs in the eighth he would have had the save opportunity he did pitch the ninth regardless um so yeah that's a good call on, on Jimenez now and like you just said George I'm sorry to cut you off Mike I mean that's his job I don't think there's anybody really taking that the Marlins job Garcia it's a good call but there are still other guys like maybe Conley or some other young guys that might take that job um it doesn't sound like it's as much of a lock as Jimenez that's why I kind of would go in that route personally I understand and I I wouldn't blame you I would not blame you at all I just he's just so bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's just like Jimenez is that bad yeah look dude look at his numbers please look at his numbers he's not great but he 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 has a ton of strikeout upside 
Yeah, he's got strikeout stuff. He's been prone to the blow up here and there, but um, it's here and there. I feel like I feel like if it was like a saves only league, I'd be interested. Yeah, like he's really. And I'll pull up his numbers because now, like I'm telling you, man, nobody. Like I don't think people because no one's had to roster him. I can't be wrong. He may also, I mean, a lot of relief pitchers they do have a different mentality when it's a closing versus non-closing situation, uh, safe situation, non-safe situation. So maybe, uh, I mean, he was a closer in the minor leagues. Maybe he misses that mentality. Maybe he'll pitch a little bit better moving forward, knowing that that's his job. So it's a wait and see approach. There's no way. I don't want to wait and see. Last year in six. Okay, so don't pick him up. I'll take all this. <laughs> Last year in sixty-two point two innings he had a strain rate of 62 percent with a 4.3 era this year 41 innings so far his, his strain rate is only 69 percent, so it's a little bit of improvement his home run to fly ball rate is 20 percent, and he has a five era no you keep yeah good, good for him with his k's he has 12.73 k per nine good good for you but if that's all you're doing and you you're gonna need three runs and and even then you're not guaranteed to save with this guy so you know Next. what? <laughs> so you know what? So you know what? You he's all yours. I have no interest. I don't even care how deep the league is. I appreciate it. I, I'd rather go negatives and saves because he's gonna take you down in, in in your ratios. Uh I hope he's a top twenty closer here on out. For he, he he will be because I just I just said all that. I don't know what do you want to go? Do you want to go the Giants route? Let George talk on his Giants, or do you want to touch on all these Astros moves? Because I think the, I think I want to hear George talk about his Giants. I also want to hear you talk about the Marlins because Marlins had a very interesting day as well. George, give me a break here. I need to relax. You go ahead and talk about your Giants. It's, it was a very interesting day for the Giants. So, yeah, pretty interesting last few weeks for the Giants. You know they they've been red hot in July, getting themselves uh, into the playoff mix. With the win today against the Phillies, they it's move not them. real. It's not <laughs> real. Get over it. It's not happening. Bubba hates me, by the way. <laughs> That's all well, why don't you go ahead and take your break? <laughs> I can't. I can't. The Giants. The Giants are. They're fakers. <laughs> they're not real. They're not really going to contend. This, I mean, this, you could have said the same thing about them in 2010, and you know, during a lot of their. Oh God, don't start this. <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll shut up now. If you, you know, if it weren't for their run in July, yeah, they, they'd be sellers. You'd think that Bumgarner, Will Smith would be gone. Um, but, uh, yeah, they made some moves today that were kind of on both sides, you know, selling and buying. They they picked up Scooter Jeanette from the Reds, um, basically for cash, just for, you know, for nothing. Um, so Scooter Jeanette could help them. He'll probably be playing second base for the Giants. I would expect someone like, Joe Panic to either head to the bench or get DFA'd. Um, so I mean that's a you know good move for the Giants. They're a game and a half back of the wild card. Uh, they've had they've had some pretty good pitching this season. They've gotten some good uh, pitching lately from guys like Jeff Smarja. Um, you know Bumgarner's been a little better than everyone kind of expected this season. So I mean, it's kind of there's a lot of the narrative that plays into it right now with you know Bumgarner entering free agency and. Uh, Bruce Bochy retiring, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of that going on, um, and you know, really, they didn't do anything to hurt their future though. That that was the big thing. They didn't do anything to hurt their future. They didn't give up give up any prospects. If anything, you know, they they helped it. They they did trade Drew Pomerantz to the Brewers for Mauricio Dubon, who automatically like enters into their top ten prospects. And, and Ray, be, 
you know, their second baseman of the future. They shipped out very black. Do you, I mean, I know he had some like upside late last year at one point, and it was kind of like something kind of like a sleeper this year, as far as really picture. It was weird because there was talks of him possibly fighting for the closer job like, in the preseason, I thought I remember, in the spring or something. I don't know if – I'm not really too familiar with Ray Black all that much. I just remember him being talked about at some capacity. Well, Ray for, Black was the old Reyes, uh, Reyes Baranta. You know, he was like the guy everyone was speculating on. Okay. Uh, that's yeah. what it was. I just remember his name being a little bit around in the spring training time. That's all. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, he's – yeah, Ray Black, he, he's he got like, strikeout stuff. He was speculated. You know, a lot of people thought that maybe Ray Black would, you know, be a good closer piece. But um, no, it's not never, really. Okay. It yeah. never it never materialized, basically. Never materialized, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, to, to be able to get someone like Dubon um, for – That was – Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think the move of the day, really, the move of the day for Zarhan, you know, I mean, sorry, Farhan Zaidi – uh, was getting rid of Melanson's contract. Getting the Braves to take on all of Melanson's contract was huge. You know, he had, was owed $14 million this season and $14 million next season. Um, so just for an exchange of some cash and I believe like a couple players, uh, the Giants picked up Dan Winkler and then um, another outfield prospect, I believe. So uh, that was huge. That was a big move for the Giants, getting rid of Melanson's contract. So, I mean, they're kind of buying and selling for this year, kind of keeping the, the status quo as far as, you know, the big names are concerned, um, trying to see if they can make a run into this uh, into the postseason and get one of those wild card spots. But the fact that they've, you know, left left their prospects alone, the, the Giants are a team who for a long time had one of the worst, you know, farm systems. And that's kind of now starting to get built back up with guys like Helio Ramos, Joey Bart, um, Marco Luciano, uh, Alexander Canario. I mean, they've they're they're really building something there uh, with the young guys in in San Francisco. So, to make one more run, I mean, really, what what more can you do with the pieces that you have? But but go for it. So, I mean, that's kind of where the Giants are at. Now, I want your honest opinion. Take your take your Giants hat off. Put your analyst hat on. Do you think there's a legitimate chance the Giants make a real push for it? <laughs> I'm being serious. I'm not just trying to. I'm not trying to be. I'm really not trying to be a jerk. I'm really not. And jerk is the nice way of putting it because obviously there's other words you would describe me as right now. But I'm being serious. Like we all. I think it's almost like a consensus thing. I I think it would be a really good feel good story for sure. Mad Bum's potential last season in the in the in the, in the city or in the seat on this team. I mean, Bochi's on his way out. I think it would be a great feel good story. But let's be honest. This isn't the Angels in the outfield. Like, this is. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, George, George, he sounded so optimistic during that recap of the Giants trade deadline day today. Is that really how you feel about this year? I, I'm very curious as well. Yeah. I well, you know, okay. Did anyone give the Giants a chance in 2010 when they played that juggernaut, of the Phillies team? Uh, no, I don't think so. Did, was anyone giving the Giants a chance in 2012 when they played the Tigers? No. Everyone was calling that, saying that the Tigers were going to sweep us. Uh, that didn't happen. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, they're a game and a half back. Um, I think there is a chance. I don't think you could write them off. I mean, the, uh, you know, for sure the teams ahead of them right now are going to be tough. They're, they're tough teams. Uh, you got the Cubs. You got the Cardinals that are, you know, neck and neck in the division there, along with the Brewers, uh, the Phillies, and the Nationals. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely a chance. This is just I, crazy. A few weeks ago, we never would thought we'd be 
having this discussion. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. In contention here, it's it's crazy. <laughs> I, I like the I, like right now. Take away the records, I like the Mets better than the Giants. That just that goes to show you. Like I think the Mets have a better team right now. Yeah, they <laughs> the Giants have been on a nice run. I just I really realistically cannot see them competing in the long run this season. I just I just can't. Especially down the stretch against the Dodgers, I think the Rockies are. I think the Rockies have a better team, even though the Giants have a better record right now. Well, oh, that's a big piece of news I forgot about. Herman Marquez left with a hamstring injury today. Yeah, he looks like he'll be okay though. It was <laughs> okay. uh, classified as like a full body uh, cramp. Um, oh, okay. Drink more water. Yeah. Needs more fluids. Get yeah. an IV. Gotcha. Okay, I missed that part. Good. So we. Sorry to interrupt, but that I was like, oh yeah, it clicked. Literally, I was like, <laughs> so. Again, I, I was gone all the. I was gone this whole evening. I I, walk, I literally watched Twitter and was refreshing every five seconds for new trades. And then after that, I took a break and haven't been back on the internet since. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to circle things back, uh, you know, the, the Giants did send Sam Dyson to the Twins, and I know the Twin situation was one that was a little, um, yeah, a little up in the air. You know, you weren't sure if they were going to acquire someone to take over the job from Taylor Rogers. If you, if you picked up Rogers a while ago, you know that, you know, you've gotten a really good valuable value from Rogers. Um, they picked up Sergio Romo and Sam Dyson. I don't expect either of them uh, to challenge Rogers for save opportunities. Uh, Romo did set up and pitch the eighth inning yesterday and Rogers got the save today. Um, I'm not sure which reliever it was that gave up a grand slam uh, in the ninth inning to the Marlins, but uh, with the Twins up by three runs and one out in the ninth, it was Rogers to come out and clean it up. So I don't expect uh, either Romo or Dyson to challenge uh, Rogers for the closer role, despite uh, you know roster resource has Romo as like the second closer there. Um, I, I think if you've got Rogers right now, you're safe. I have a question for you, for George here before we move on to the Marlins talk. Um, so obviously you think that they're, they could make a run this year and be in contention. Do you think that they made the right move in holding on to Bumgarner and Smith and possibly um, overlooking the future in terms of getting some nice young pieces? Do you think they made the right move in going for it this year versus getting some valuable pieces for two big uh, trade trips? Now, I mean, you look at the you look at the other teams that were possibly selling. You know, like who really, you know, were the Mets going to be happy with their return for Syndergaard or Wheeler? Like, it just looks like a lot of teams were holding on to to their prospects. Even the Astros that they didn't have to give up Whitley, they didn't have to give up Tucker, like uh, to get someone like Zach Greinke. So if if you're in the Giants' position and you're looking towards the future. I mean, Madison Bumgarner is only 30 years old. If you're not going to get a top prospect that you want for someone like Bumgarner, I mean, you hold, I mean, you hold, why not hold on to him? You know, make your run this season and you extend him to qualifying offer. If not, you know, if anything, you get a draft pick who, you know, could turn into something. It's similar to my stance on Wheeler. I mean, it seems like teams were really um, reluctant to give up that top prospect type of guy for a rental player. So the same goes for Bumgarner. But I'm su- I'm just surprised that Will Smith was not dealt today. There's a lot of teams that are in need. I, I don't know. Is he controlled for next season as well, Will Smith? I I believe he's a rental as well. Okay. All right. So that makes more sense. But I'm just surprised that they didn't uh, try and get a little bit more, especially for Smith. Yeah. 
Okay, we can continue. Well, don't worry. I, I'm a talker, so I, I got plenty to say about the Marlins here. It was a very interesting day for the Marlins. It, it Man. was a good day for the future. It really was, I think. Although, okay. Gallon Hurts, I'll let you talk about him. Yeah, no, that's exactly where I was going with Zach Gallon. And I tweeted instantly because, again, I'm very active on Twitter. And instantly, all I saw was Zach Gallon was traded. And I dropped the F-bomb and everything. And I, we don't curse on this podcast. We might yeah. talk about the occasional – well, I had to bleep out one of George's issues, and we might talk about the, and we might talk about the occasional, you know, meth and hookers, but we don't curse. Um, <laughs> God, Bogman. Or you could, you could start now. Sorry, uh, not really. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Zach Gallen was traded. I dropped the I dropped the f bomb on Twitter. I was like, what the are the Marlins really thinking right now? And then when I saw we got Chat Jazz Chisholm in return. I had to sit and reflect. I'm like, okay, well, this is what I think of Zach Gallon. I think he's a ser- like a legitimate solid. Like for us, he was like a RSP two going into the next season, maybe even finishing the year. Maybe an S. You know, he was kind of that fringe SP two, SP three. I think his upside is a really quality SP three in fantasy as well. I think it's just what he is. He's a mid rotation guy, real life and fantasy wise. High floor, low ceiling. I think this is the perfect time to go ahead and sell a gallon for the Marlins because our window, granted, Gallon's young and his, you know, he, he would still be relevant when we're ready to compete. But I think Chisholm's the perfect type of guy to take a chance on because he's such a high ceiling guy. He could literally be a top fifty prospect. Top, he might even be in top. He's in top fifties right now. He could be a top ten prospect. He has that type of ceiling into like another year or two. He just – that's – I loved I, – I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? That's worth the gamble. Gallon, his his ceiling's not nearly as high. I feel like he's safe with what he offers. Chat, uh, Chat, Jazz Chisholm, just – at this point, what, what do the Marlins have to lose? We have – we lack position depth as far as, like, our minors go. We don't really have a lot of position players. And we actually have more young pitching on the way. You know, we have Sixto Sanchez. And the guy I couldn't think of earlier when I was texting you was Edward Cabrera. He's another guy that's kind of been flashing stuff in the minors, double A already. He's expected his ETA is twenty twenty for next year. And then, you know, if you if you take, you know, if Chisholm pans out, you go ahead and pair him with the Isan Diaz, and we have the middle infield of the future. And and Isan Diaz is due up probably any day now, really. Yeah. So I mean that that was the first deal. Initially I was very peeved. I was real, real frustrated with the Marlins being the Marlins for a second there. Again, I like I like the gamble we took. I think that was a fair and solid gamble. I think it worked out for both teams. Now, the one that I really liked, and people might think maybe we didn't get enough. I don't know, but I liked getting basically Jesus Sanchez because I don't really look at Stanek as a you know big piece in this. But Stanek and Sanchez and Jesus and Jesus Sanchez for Trevor Richards and uh, Nick Anderson. I like I like Richards. I really do. I liked him. I thought he'd be okay. Another guy that's similar to a Gallon as far as good, not great. But I think Gallon had the higher ceiling and was obviously the better pitcher at this point. I think the Rays play chess when everybody in the league plays checkers, except for maybe the Astros. So I think Trevor Richards is actually really relevant now. And I would go out and try to add him because I think the Rays are going to do what the Rays do. And they're going to make him into a solid, you know, mid-rotation fantasy starter now. So yeah. I think I think him going to the Rays was a great move for fantasy. I think he has, I think he actually has some relevance now in mixed leagues. Whereas he kind of, you know, he was a streamer guy. You kind of, you know, maybe picked up here and there. 
to kind of play the matchups. Whereas now, I mean, granted, it's a tougher division. I think he might be a good guy to go out and buy low in dynasty leagues and a guy worth grabbing, like I said before. Trevor Richards is a guy worth grabbing off the waiver wire now if you're speculating for a starter, if you need some help, because I think the Rays really can do something with him. Yeah. But I think, again, another smart move, because, again, as I mentioned, those two – Jesus Sanchez now, he's a guy who's almost pro-ready, and he offers – right now he's being ranked as the third best prospect on on the in the Marlins uh, – Process on on uh, looking at our, I pulled up MLB MILB pipeline or MLB pipeline. Sorry, I pulled up I pulled that up and I just see that they ranked him as the third prospect already. So I mean, and and, and Jazz Chisholm was our fourth prospect. So you just we just we just added two two of our biggest and best prospects today. I mean, I have a hard time arguing with these moves, and it's for pitchers that again we have two two or three solid pitchers coming up relatively quickly and. With higher ceilings and just, I don't know, a lot of people are, I think the Marlins did really well today making the trades that they made. And I do think, again, that I'm almost more intrigued on the Rays side because the Rays know what they're doing. So the Marlins, like, although I think they did well with what, with what they got, I, for some reason, I feel like the Rays are really going to just be like, fold you. Like, like you could have had, you could have had Wander Franco if you waited a little longer. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like, I, I mean, I don't know. The Rays just know what they're doing. Another team that's rich with prospects can afford to make the moves they made today. And, you know, the Marlins adding Chisholm and Sanchez is a, you know, big boost to their farm system for sure. Um, one thing I do just question is like, you know, kind of, I mean, I, I guess in a, in a vacuum, you'll take Chisholm. Um, but I mean, why get rid of Gallon? I, I don't and I, I, I uh, you hear it in my voice. I have no answer. You're right. <laughs> I, 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 I just trust their pitching depth. I think this means what mm-hmm. this really means is that Sixto Sanchez is closer than we think. The other guy, I think Cabrera, is closer than we think. I think they really feel like those two guys um, are ready for the next step in the near future. And I think getting, like you said, selling selling high on Gallon. He's had an amazing season. Um, this might be the peak value for him. Um, I don't necessarily agree with getting rid of him, but I think that's why they made the move is because they're confident in their pitching depth. Um, and they got Pablo Lopez coming back, but I don't they know. Also, they also have Braxton Garrett I forgot about down there. Trevor Rogers, Like, yeah, they have a lot of pitching depth. And these are all in their top ten. Yeah. Again, Nick Nieder is down there. They, yep. they, have, they have four pitchers in their top 15 prospects. The Marlins. They got the pitching depth, and they've really they've been acquiring some really good bats. They uh, they got the guy Lewin Diaz for Sergio mm-hmm. Romo, who is a, a highly regarded prospect. Uh, the guy that they just drafted in the first round, JJ Blade. He's oh, looking, I love him. He's looking really good. They've love really him. added a lot of left-handed power bats, which is something. Yeah. That you still got good. Victor Victor Mesa. Yep, and his brother Victor 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 Mesa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a junior in there too. Dude, and, uh, that's a, and they got a bright future. And I'm, I'm, I know you're the Marlins fan, but I'm the Miami resident right now, and I, I'm kind of forced through for them, even though Mets are my team. But they really have, they've, they've made some interesting moves over the past few seasons, and they've put themselves in a nice position to make an impact in the coming years. Yeah, and you, and we honestly forgot to even mention Monty Harrison. Like he's almost a forgotten guy who's doing well. Yeah. Um, we didn't I mention was really Isan. hoping that yeah, like you were just about to say, sorry to cut you off, but Isan Diaz. I was absolutely. really hoping that Castro was gonna get moved today because they were saying that Diaz would hopefully be up 
um, in early August. And I'm still hoping that's the case because Starling Castro, let's be real, this is he's going to get DFA'd at some point. Let's just make it happen now because Diaz, we need to see what this kid can do. The Marlins aren't going anywhere this year. Like, this guy needs to get some playing time. He's yeah, he's he's not he has nothing left to prove in AAA. He's been doing it all. He looks amazing in AAA. And then they, they also have Cameron uh, Mis- Meisner, I think it's Meisner. Yeah, he's another one that's just he's a, he's round pick, right? Yep, and he's and he's and he's a top and he's only he's their tenth best prospect at least ranked on here. They got uh, a bright, bright future. Yeah, pieces. Everybody except for a couple of people. Keep them and not sell everybody after you win. Well. We're not winning anytime soon. And pretty much everyone's ETA is like 2022. So I have a long, miserable wait until then. It's still intriguing because obviously not all these guys are going to hit. But even if like three of these guys hit, I'll be happy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's three guys that we wouldn't have had if we didn't make some trades. And oh, it's just uh, – yeah. And Chisholm's got a good guy in the front office to run some things past. And Derek Jeter, who could hopefully bring out the best in him. So it, it's tough to see Gallon go, but this guy, Jazz, um, Chisholm, 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 Jazzle. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Jazz Chisholm. Yeah. He came in as kind of like a sleeper prospect in dynasty leagues. He's, I mean, he has some swing and miss in his game. There is that in there from last time I looked and last time I heard about him. I honestly haven't done much homework on him since because I don't own him in any dynasty leagues because there's a couple of buddy, there's a buddy of mine specifically who was on him in the preseason, taking him really early in drafts and such. So, but, I think his 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 prospect like his outlook is fine. I think it's better in Miami because, I mean, people. I think I mean I don't know about. I honestly not too familiar to, to be completely honest. But I know like when it comes to hitters, I think Miami's done really well in uh, coaching them up. I mean, you we have homegrown talent Stanton, Ozuna, and Yelich. Granted, we traded them for pennies, but it just goes to show you among others, those are like the most recent I can think of that we've you know. But like we've always done well with our homegrown talent, so I really think that Jazz coming here is a good—it's a good thing for him. And there's nothing in his way. Not saying that uh, Arizona had anything in his way, but I think there's just less competition for sure, without a doubt now. Whereas yeah. I, th- I think Arizona has like three prospects that are shortstops or something crazy. So. Yeah, and looking at that Arizona, you know, return getting Zach Gallon, I I like this for Gallon a lot. Rest of this season, at least. Um, you know, he, he goes to Arizona, who has, you know, uh, is a better team. Uh, yeah, right. You know, they've got the, the humidor. They, they've got the better offense. Um, he gets away from the Nationals, the Phillies, the Braves. Uh, only team that, like, really scares you offensively in the NL West is, you know, the Dodgers, um, unless he's going into Colorado. But, um, yeah, I, I like this a lot for Gallon as far as, you know, his rest of season value. His last two starts have also been fantastic. He's put together two seven-inning outings, I believe, and he's he's really starting to look like the pitcher that we've seen in the minors or have heard about in the minors earlier this season. See, I'm not sure how I feel about him. I think rest of the season his win probability might go up a little bit, but he's facing. T- I think he's facing tougher competition as far as, like, not tougher competition because obviously, again, we've talked about how good the NL East can be. But I think just not having Marlins Park as a home park is a it's a it's a tough one. I think I think I think Arizona is okay. I think because the humidor it helps it. But I do. I mean, you're like you mentioned cores, the Dodgers. It's I think it's gonna be a mixed bag. I think it might be a slight boost, but I don't think it's as big. I'm not as optimistic as you are, basically. Although I'm not dropping them in any leagues either. So like if I own them, I'm keeping them. 
type of thing. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I I like it a lot. He's got over, you know, he's got good strikeout stuff so far this season, um, and then he hasn't given up more than three runs in any start. Um, so I, you know, I, I like it for Gallon. I think he could be, you know, right around maybe top forty pitcher uh, rest of the season. I think we covered our teams pretty well. And I think it's a good way to transition to the next team I wanted to get to because there's a couple more teams I want to talk about, a couple more transactions, nothing significant, obviously. I mean, we cover a lot of the big stuff, but I think a team worth getting to is the Rays. Now, it might be a little overdue. We should have probably talked about them sooner. But the Marlins, we talk about part of their return. You know, they went ahead and got Trevor Richards. They got Nick Anderson. They, uh, they actually got Eric Sogard a couple of days ago. I'll turn. I'll get back to that in a second. And the big one, I think, the biggest acquisition today was the Jesus Aguilar. Uh, I don't remember who they gave up for him. To be honest, uh, <laughs> I really don't remember. Was it cash considerations or something? Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I mean, don't. Another platoon. Uh, well, is it Jake, Jake Faria? Actually, Faria? Nah, whatever. Yeah. Um, I like Jesus Aguilar. I mean, look what they did with Darno. Darno got uh, to – Dude, why are you bringing that name up? <laughs> Darno, Darno, Darno got with the hitting coach. The hitting coach changed his swing and his plate approach and everything. We see the results. You take Jesus Aguilar. Again, the Rays are chess are, are playing chess when everyone's playing checkers. They're taking Aguilar. I think he's going to go in – sorry, but I think he's starting every day between first base or DH. I think Choi gets DFA'd. And – I think Jesus Aguilar gets more close to an everyday role. I know he's more of a lefty's platoon on, on the lefty side of things, but I think he's going to be more than that here. I don't think he – because, I mean, they, that's what, wasn't Nate Lowe – I mean, they already had Darno doing lefty platoons at first, for so so he got, like, breaks at catcher. and So it's, it's a little bit – yeah, I get it. It's a mess. But I think Jesus Aguilar's going to be a little more than just a lefty platoon guy. I think he could be their DH. I, I think, think Darno is also not losing. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry about that. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think Nate Lowe is better than Aguilar, and he's a platoon guy. I mean, what it, it's it's so unpredictable. They have so many pieces that they're going to have to fit in here. What happens when Yandy Diaz comes back? You know, what happens when Brandon Lowe comes back? Yeah, it's just so many pieces. Yeah, and I and that's I was actually I was going to get to the Brandon Lowe thing, but there's also like my big thing is people people were like, well, of course Aguilar and. Oh, because I, I got actually attacked, not attacked. It's we're wrong. People on Twitter were not happy with me when I tweeted about how I just think Nate Lowe is getting buried. People were like, what do you mean? He's just going to start at first base. You're going to have Aguilar DH. I'm like, well, what about like right now? Kiermaier came back. Now you have Garcia, Fam, and Kiermaier and, and Meadows. One of those guys has to fight for DH at bats now, too. Yeah. So if Aguilar was brought over as anything more than a platoon, Nate Lowe is going to just get sent back down again, man. <laughs> we all hate it. It makes no sense, but they are the Rockies right now. Like, like I think I, I um, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to picture which one is Pat Vileka. <laughs> I'm trying to find out who my Pat Vileka is for the Rays. It might just be Aguilar now. Like <laughs> Eric Sogard now. Well, Sogard. Yeah, I guess we can circle back to him real quick. I, I think that speaks to their lack of confidence in Brandon Lowe's health. I don't think they have confidence in either of the lows right now. To oh, sorry, Brandon Lau, Lau, Lau lows Lau. solidify those positions. I mean, they have so many options. Aguilar, Darno cannot sit the bench the way he's hitting right now. So there's definitely going to be some type of platoon. Whether um, you got because Darno is playing first, Aguilar is not going to get anything 
full-time right now. Um, he's going to be in a platoon with Darno, And depending on what happens with Choi or Lau, I mean, there's, there's just a plethora of options over there. But it's a good problem to have. Yeah, um, not in the fantasy world, but in the real world, it's a good problem to have. This is a very well-coached team. Um, Aguilar is definitely going to be a good piece. I also, like we were talking about before, the Trevor Richards addition. It's a nice piece to that rotation. Um, they need guys that can eat up innings. We've seen what their pitching coach has done with guys like Snell and Glass now. I mean, what's to say that Richards can't make some major adjustments, and, or not even major, just make some minor adjustments, and we can see the results. I mean, it's it's exciting to see what could possibly happen with some of these additions, especially Richards. That's the one I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm with you, Zach. I For me, it's uh, Richards is probably the winner here. If they're going to need a starter, um, we've seen what the Rays can do with, you know, starting pitchers. Um, you know, see if he, they can work with that changeup that, that Richards has. Um, so I'm excited to see. I'll probably, you know, give it a couple starts, um, see how he does. But, yeah, uh, if, if anyone here is a, is a winner for me going to the Rays, it's probably Richards. Um, now, Nick Anderson, he's another one. You know, a lot of people were picking him up after the Romo trade, thinking that you know, he would be taking over the closer role for Miami. And now he goes into the Rays situation where it seems like uh, I think four different players have picked up saves for the Rays this week. Um, yeah, so, you know, situation. it is. Yeah. So a- Anderson could be the fifth, you know, another guy to uh, in that in the mix for saves there with Tampa Bay. And really, I don't expect anything. I don't expect, expect anything different than what's been going on. It's going to be a full on committee. It could be a different guy every, every day. Um, I know right now it's uh, Emilio Pagan and Diego Castillo lead the team in saves with eight apiece. I mean, it's just, yeah, unless you're in the deepest of leagues and you're desperate for saves, you know, it, it's hard to touch any one of these guys right now. Trevor Richards or Dylan Cease. Oh man! Just given team context and everything, uh, are you really are you willing to get, take a chance on Richards at the pre, at the idea of giving up Cease this season, not Dynasty, but in, in redraft? Are you willing? Because Cease has been, you know shown some. It seems like it's just one bad inning every time yeah, Cease goes one out. Opening. That's why I, I still think I would take Cease just for that massive upside, especially yeah. the strikeout upside. Richards, really, though, he could surprise and, and make a significant impact down the stretch here. But as of right now, I probably would still take Cease. Yeah, it's uh, – I'm going to say Cease as well, but I'm not sold on it either. So, uh, I'm just uh, – that's the – that was the name that came to mind. You know, speaking of the Rays, McKay's coming back up again. So, we'll see if that sticks around. Um, <laughs> this Richards move could also hurt McKay's chances of staying up. Well, though, I mean, it's not like they really have. I don't know. It's the Rays, though. It's just like the Rockies, they mess with us. They mess That's with our hearts. They have like three healthy starters right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think Richards and McKay. I think they're gonna get their chance. Real quick, what do you guys think about? So you guys don't have any any confidence and you guys have no interest in really going out and getting Aguilar, huh? Like you don't think that's going to be a thing. Cause I, I see I'm on the, I'm like, or we're the opposite. I actually think he could be a sneaky little grab off the waiver wire for power. And I'm just, I'm picturing Darno and I, I just think Aguilar could be the next, the next type of guy. 
I just don't know if he's going to get that consistent playing time. That's why right now I'm taking a wait and see approach. I'm not jumping to the wire to grab him. Oh, he's not. Yeah. He's not a must grab guy, but in deeper 15 teamers, I would go out and get him. And in 12 team mix with a corner infield spot. And you know, if I'm, if I'm hurting for power, he could be a good speculation grab. I mean, again, I just, the Rays have been doing really well with, uh, with, as a whole, with, with, with uh, learning up their hitters this year, teaching up their hitters a little bit, getting them, you know, I mean, we see Andy Diaz having, you know, having some gains and seeing, Dar- again, Darno. I'm harping on Darno because he's the most recent one. We're talking about a guy who consistently had the upside but never touched it, and now he's taking it and running with it. Sorry. <laughs> but it's just – it goes to show you that there's good coaching going on here. I'm just wondering if they can do the same thing, retool that swing of his, maybe retool that approach. And maybe he gets more of an opportunity than than we uh, think he might. It's definitely a possibility. Yeah, that's all. So maybe I'm just maybe I'm just a little more optimistic. And then now that we've kind of talked some of the bigger stuff, there's a few little small again back to smaller trades. Corey Dickerson to Philly. Um, I think he's sneaky for again. He's kind of a sneaky power type of guy until Jay Bruce is back probably. But I think he's going to be somewhat relevant in mixed leagues. You guys feel the same? You guys have no interest, some interest? Lukewarm interest. That's what I'm saying. Meh. Like, I guess if I'm just Honestly, meh, meh is the word I would use. <laughs> yeah. well, some some people seem really excited, and I don't I don't I honestly don't get it. Maybe it's the the team context and the park context type of thing. I'm guessing there's a mix of that, but all in all, I think I just all... more as a role player, really, than anything. I just well, don't think you're gonna get that consistent production. That's why I'm not overly excited about it from a fantasy perspective right now. I think they brought him over to start for at least the time being until Jay Bruce is back, honestly. They don't seem to trust that. It was a Heasley, Hesley, I can't say his name, but you know what I'm talking about, the yeah. young the kid from the minors. I think they're going to – I think that's who he's replacing, basically. So they shouldn't need offense. This is ridiculous. They, they missed the – they should have went out and really paid for a yeah. pitcher. They blew their chance today. Well, so did a lot of making some big moves in the pen. Yeah, well, we're gonna get to those disappointments soon enough. But before that, one last trade, which was interesting. Talking about they got Jason Vargas. Oh God, (laughs) that was such a that was such a ridiculous move. I didn't even write it in the notes. (laughs) So that was the definition of a salary dump. I mean, we just handed him to the Phillies, basically, for Uh, a guy that you're gonna release in a year. Yeah, I know, but I don't blame you. Vargas is trash. He's been better. He's been better lately, of course. Go figure. <laughs> he's still trash. I have no interest. He has zero mixed league appeal to me. Maybe NL only if you're desperate. <laughs> but then again, play. but then again, NL only. It's pretty much anybody with a pulse gets rostered. So I'm sure he's on a team. <laughs> Cast- Speaking of NL, Castellanos went from AL to NL today, and he was acquired by the Cubs. I would have been excited about this in the preseason. Castellanos has just been so back to that word meh. I'm just been meh because his team has been meh, and I'm actually I'm I'm I think I'm more excited than than you are. Obviously, but, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Your voice, you perked up a little bit. I'm over <laughs> I like really I don't know why I perked up so much about Castellanos. Well, I I'm just I'm excited to see him play for a contender. He really has been meh this year. Um, he's just he hasn't been able to produce runs. Uh, there's just nobody getting on in front of him. It's going to be a very different situation in Chicago, and I think this is a big get for them, and it's going to boost Castellanos' numbers the rest of the year for sure. 
Do you still have his uh do you anybody have his numbers up in front of them by any chance? I know I don't. Do you still have I'm pulling up the roster resource page now to be honest? Yeah, so yeah. So I, I've got the roster resource page up and Perfect. It, it, yeah. It looks like they got him, you know, playing right field. They're moving Jason Hayward over to center. I mean, I, I would expect um Castellanos to be everyday player there in Chicago anyways. Um Yeah, but, of course. You know, you would expect that. Um, so I think it's a good move. If if you have if you had Castellanos, I think it's an upgrade. Um, obviously, you know the um, the lineup upgrade. Um, I, I think um, you got some better ballparks in that division. Um, I, I think it's a good move for for Castellanos. Now uh, overall, well, yeah, because looks like he slots right now. They have him slotting in second, which is a great spot in the lineup for him. I think because of all lineup protection, he will obviously produce more. We've seen what he can do. I think he I think he's legit. I think he's better than what he's shown this year. With that said, do you think right now it's a do you think there's a buy low window still, or do you think he's a better sell high candidate? Because now the hype with being on the Cubs, or do you think it's more like a porridge, like Goldilocks? I call players Goldilocks when it's just like they're they're just right. You just kind of ride him out because his value his value isn't too high. It's not too low. It's kind of just right. He is Goldilocks. I think we're still in a buy low window for Castellanos. Um, kind of like what you were saying. I mean, there's it seems like there's a lot of concern with him. He just he hasn't put up great numbers this season. We know what he's capable of, and in this type of lineup, he definitely could make some noise. Um, I think it's it's the perfect buy low opportunity for him at this point um this is really the best situation you could ask for if you're a nick castellanos owner um but yeah i mean it's a great opportunity to buy low on on somebody whose price has significantly dropped since the preseason yeah i think he's been he's been pretty unhappy he's vocalized that that he's been unhappy there in detroit so this could be something that he needed um and a good boost so i mean i'm kind of with zach here um if anything it could be a, a buy low window if you have them you're kind of you know writing it out and seeing if, if you can improve on these numbers second half of this i mean you know over these next two months of the season um but overall you like the move for him and if you're talking about selling high with cassian it's like i don't even know what you could sell high for right exactly point. there's not much value at this point if you're not if you don't believe in him if you don't think this move makes any difference in him you can go out maybe get a, a zach gallon right now that feels like a fair offer uh, Zach Gallon comes to mind. Uh, that's the first name I happen to be looking at right now when I said that. I think it's a good one. I think Kyle Hendricks, like that mid-tier type of pitcher who's okay, not great, some yeah. upside, but so, like that's the type of like when I say sell high, you're you're selling for a, a more proven piece, or maybe not more proven, but a piece that's been more productive. Yeah, type of thing that like maybe you think okay, good, now's the time to kind of just get off my roster. If you're buying low on him, who are you offering? Seriously, I'm just looking. Uh, would you offer? I got no names. Would you offer Zach Gallon for him? <laughs> Let's flip it. It depends on team need. Uh, it's hard to say. If I'm in need of pitching, I would. Uh, I'd consider taking Gallon for Castellanos. Um, or vice versa. Would you give it? Would you give Gallon for Castellanos if you needed hitting? I probably would. I, I think that's a pretty fair, fair offer. That's what I'm saying. See, I, I, I did good. I did good on that one. How about yeah, how about Conforto? Would you give up? Would you think? Would you still prefer Conforto? I think that was too easy. I think I'd, I'd still prefer Conforto. Yeah, same. 
Vogelbach? I think I'd rather have Castellanos than Vogelbach. Yeah, yeah I'd rather have Castellanos. I don't trust Vogelbach the rest of the way. I'd rather, have, I'd rather have Vogelbach. Boom. There we go. We have a little. I mean, if you need power, I, I agree. It's just kind of, I mean, uh, I think that's all you're going to get from Vogelbach. Uh, power and OBP. I mean, basically what he's already given you. Um, I, but I think Castellanos could produce in multiple categories. Yeah. I really just think that this is a great opportunity to buy low on Castellanos. I mean, we see what he did last year um, in a, a pitcher's park uh, with a pretty poor offensive team. He had 23 homers last year, knocked in almost 90 runs on a team that really just is is not good, plain and simple. And he's he's going to be in a potent, potent lineup right now. Um, I, I'll take that all day. No, I, I hear you. I was just – I'm trying to give an idea of what people should be offering for him is all. Because I think it is more still of a buy low, but I could see people trying to get from under him thinking, well, he's been bad all year. Let me go ahead and trade him now that his value is probably at the highest it's been since the preseason because now he's on the Cubs. I do think we're going to have – I think he's going to produce pretty well for the next couple months. I just – I'm again, I'm just trying to be a little more helpful versus just saying, oh, yeah, uh, Go ahead and buy low. I want to give a, I just wanted to give a few names. I'm still looking for a couple names, to be honest. I just randomly thought, would you rather have rest of the season? Obviously, the injury is concerned, but Joey Gallo or Castellanos? Castellanos. Oh, Castellanos. Joey, how about Joey Votto, who's been really good lately? I'll take Castellanos. I still want Castellanos. Me too, but it doesn't go without saying that if you actually look, uh, Votto's been half decent lately. I mean – in 5 by 5 he's been a top 130 player over the last two weeks. <laughs> Hitting 270 with a few home runs, few RBIs, everything. Not bad, just not great. Uh, how about Daniel Murphy? Hmm. Uh, Murphy's been playing better lately, and he still has that chords effect. Oh, my God. That's a tough one. <laughs> uh, I yeah. think I – I love the chords effect, but – Murphy still is not playing every day. He's in kind of still a platoon situation a little bit. I think I'd probably lean Castellanos. I think, I think I think I'm with you. I think because the problem is, is he's become a player that you have to start at cores but sit on the road. He's been really right. – I, I think his splits have been really noticeable this year. So I'm gonna lean Castellanos as well, but I thought that was a good one. I think you can. I think you could get him. See, we. I think we. Even I'm higher than all on Castellanos than I thought I would be. I think the point of this. I think this was a good little thing we did because I think it shows you that. I I prom, I think you can go out with Murphy and get a Castellanos. I think that's realistic. It might be too linear of a move though, but I think that's realistic. I think that's enough for those would you rather. It's getting to a point where now I'm just looking, looking, looking. Yeah. Uh, so we can move on real quick. We'll touch on just the big. So who's your biggest winner, big, biggest losers from this year, from this trade deadline, and just overall surprises. I have a list of players I'm surprised they didn't get moved type of thing. I have teams that didn't do anything that really blew my mind. I want to hear from you guys first because whatever you guys don't touch on, I'll bring up. Um, now, for me, uh, biggest winner for me right off the bat is probably Brandon Reyes. Um, biggest loser, I'm I'm really disappointed that Matthew Boyd didn't go anywhere. They, you know, they lose someone like Castellanos, and that team's just getting worse. You know, Shane Green is gone too. Um, so really disappointed that Boyd didn't get moved. 
um, and then uh, really, really high on, on Framel Reyes. So for, for me, those are the two big, uh, big, you know, and then, you know, Zach Greinke is another one, but he's, Greinke's been good for you all season. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know I agree with you, Framil. I'm not a huge – I wasn't a huge Framil guy. I'm still really not, but you can't deny the playing the opportunity to play to play for playing time and the overall just – I think it's a big boost for him as well. And I'm, probably, I'm sure he slots right into the middle of the lineup and every day playing time, power, just it's all there. It's good RBIs. The team, and they, he's on a contending team, so – well, yeah, now that they have sorry, uh, now that they have Puig and Reyes, I'm really hoping that they move Jose Ramirez back up the lineup now that he's playing like Jose Ramirez. Well, now they probably won't. They don't now they have parts to fill in the blanks. I don't know. I think they have a solid top like five or six hitters now, though. That's awesome. Absolutely. And that division's up for grabs. So this was a great move. The Indians as a whole, I think, are a winner from this. Uh, Zach, I think it's obvious the Mets are losers, but I won't just – I'll let you <laughs> – I'll let you. <laughs> All right. Um, so two, of the winners, two of the winners that I thought – we already talked about them, Shane Green um, and Castellanos. I really like those deals for those teams and for those fantasy owners of those two players. I think Castellanos goes into a much better situation, better run-producing spot, and Shane Green, he really made out great in this deal because – um, a lot of the other teams that were interested in him, he was most likely moving to a setup role. So if it's not a holds league, then he really is droppable at that point. But Shane Green, I think he's going to take that closer's job in Atlanta and run with it. So I'm excited about that as a Shane Green owner. Um, biggest disappointment today, I'm a little disappointed that the Red Sox didn't do anything. I really thought that we could have seen some closers on the move. Um, some of the names that were discussed were – <clears throat> excuse me, were, were Colomay, Vasquez. Um, those are two guys that I could have seen um, on the move. I really thought that the Red Sox could have uh, – Diaz's name was also in there. The, the Red Sox really just needed to make a move to solidify the back end of that bullpen. They just, they've had too much inconsistency this year. And um, I think that's going to hurt them in the long run this year if they do happen to make the playoffs. I think they're going to regret – not making a move um, and, and even the small pieces like column a or Shane green, like those wouldn't have costed nearly as much. Obviously the Vasquez type of player is going to cost you an arm and a leg, but is column a really going to cost you that much um, to not think about making that move. So I think the Red Sox made some um, poor decisions and not making any drastic moves today to improve their team. Now, you covered the my big thing, my big, my biggest uh, surprise, or my biggest loser was myself today. <laughs> just today, just today. No, but it's because I've literally been stashing. And let's go through the list. Bummer, bummer. I've been stashing bummer. Waiting for Colin to get traded. I've been stashing Crick because Vasquez has been. You, I know, are the biggest winner because you, you, you were. <laughs> I'm a winner. You're a loser today. Well. Yeah, Felipe Vasquez owners. Yeah, they definitely dodged a bullet today. Well, because and George George was like oddly optimistic that he wasn't getting traded, but it was it was a yeah. Sorry, sorry, Zach was not George. Whatever your names are. See, I miss (laughs) off off the air. You laughed at me because I mess up kids' names. I mess up your names too. So (laughs) I'm just it's just part of who I am. Regardless, Zach, you were very optimistic about Vasquez not getting moved. You really didn't think it was going to happen, and ultimately you were right. But you weren't right because you were right. You were right because the Pirates didn't blink. 
The Pirates in a blink. I also did not want to waste any roster spot rostering Kyle Crick because Kyle Crick, even if he got that closer job, I mean, he has not been pitching well at all. So that's not overly an exciting pickup to make. Um, well, regardless, it doesn't matter. My point is, is I had him stashed because I needed saves. I had Bummer, which is just a pun in itself. I had Crick, and I had Lorenzen in a lot of places. I think there's a few others, honestly, I can't think of right now off the top of my head. But those are three that was very surprising. Glacius didn't get moved. I was Vasquez didn't get moved, and definitely Colome. So I'm a loser today because I had so many potential saves stashed on my bench, and not a single – I didn't gain any today. <laughs> yeah. I understand why the Pirates were asking for a haul for Vasquez. He's – He's under team control for a few years at a very affordable rate. But they were asking for the top catcher over in L.A., Ruiz, and they're asking for a combination of Gavin Lux and Dustin May. I mean, that's, that's a lot to ask for, for a setup guy. Um, I'm not surprised the Dodgers didn't blink, and I'm actually – I'm happy. Well, I'm happy because I'm a Felipe Vasquez owner. But if I'm a Dodgers fan – I wouldn't. I would not have wanted to get rid of two of those guys for for Vasquez, as good as he is. Like we said earlier, I think Dustin May could really be a big piece of the puzzle down the stretch for them. So yeah. I, I think it's Absolutely. a good thing that they kind of held their ground and didn't give in to the Pirates' demands. Well, yeah. and they also they go ahead. Sorry, George, Zach, give me a second. See, I messed up your names again. <laughs> uh, and they they responded by calling Dustin May up on Friday. So it was like a see, this is why we didn't give him up type of thing. So. We'll see what Dustin May has to offer. Go ahead, Zach. George, dang it. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Ultimately, yeah, it's a good move for the Dodgers. We've, we've seen even, you know, Julio Urias get some saves, um, you know, this season. So they have plenty of pieces, um, you know, to, to fill in that the back end of that bullpen. Now, I got to say the Red Sox were surprising. They didn't do anything. But I'm even – I think for me the biggest surprise was the Yankees not getting a pitcher. And every time the updates came, the, the Yankees are out on Robbie Ray. The Yankees are out on Wheeler. The Yankees – I'm like, I'm like, what's going on? And then, like, Grinky gets traded to the Astros. And, like, what the heck? I mean, the, even the Marlins pitchers, like, you could have gone out and gotten Zach Gallen or Trevor Richards, apparently. That would have been an improvement to your starting rotation because apparently you have, uh, you have Domingo Herman on an innings limit from what I'm hearing. Maybe not anymore. Who well, knows? They need they, – they can't afford to. You have Sab- Sabathia hurt again. You have Tanaka who's, I mean, been off lately. I don't know how he did today. I think he was doing all right today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Paxton, Hap, Tanaka, Herman right now. That's their rotation, you know. And, and then they've, got, just, they've got the young kid, Loizaga, who started a rehab assignment, who I guess might be coming back soon. Severino, who knows? There's a lot of question marks. They definitely should have done something today. And the fact that they – and the Yankees literally never build from from within. They always buy their team. So they got cheap on the one day of the year where they really – they honestly could have – if they went out and just said, okay, we're going all in, Garcia and Frazier, that combo – could have got them basically any pitcher they wanted off the waiver off the um off the free off the trade market today. Maybe yeah. we see Garcia at some point this season pitching for the Yankees. Maybe I just I'm, I'm very surprised because the Yankees did, did a very non-Yankees thing today and kept their prospects. 
They just told us have all the pieces in the world to have made any deal they wanted to today. They just, they just don't want to give up on their homegrown talent anymore. It seems like they're just reluctant to do that. At least the, uh, the top guys, like they made, what was it? The Sonny Gray deal was that last season, uh, maybe two seasons ago, they gave up three, three of their top 10 guys, but they're just not, they just don't seem to be interested in doing that right now. Which I guess they're part of, you know, they're learning, they're realizing that, they don't want to buy their team anymore, like we just said, basically. It makes, I think they want to save some money that way. But this is not the time to start being that way, man. You need to – when you have a window right now, when you have a team that is really like a contending team, a top team, the Astros just said, hold my beer, and you are not even a thought anymore. The Astros shut the door if everything goes – I mean, I don't see how the Astros get beat this year. I just don't see – they would. I mean, they have the bullpen. They have the starters. The Astros have to be the favorite to win it all. Yeah, the Yankees are just going to have to outslug everybody now, and maybe they'll do that once Stanton comes back. But their offense—they're going to be riding that offense the rest of the year now. Yeah, and I mean, sure, their pitching is not as bad as I'm probably making it out to be, but I just don't—they have health issues as it is. I think Paxton's still pitching hurt. I obviously Sabathia is hurt. Domingo Herman—he's taking advantage of a really easy schedule apparently as well. There's a lot of things like. There's just a lot of, like, they could have really used an ace and, like, a solid, like, a Trevor Richards. Like, I'm just surprised the Yankees didn't do more to try yeah. to solidify their chances at winning. And the Astros, you know, one of their biggest competitors in the AL, really went out and made a huge difference. And that's going to be the – I think that might ultimately come down to what wins it, what, what gets the Astros past the Yankees in the divisional round. There was a lot of talk today also if they couldn't acquire a starter – then maybe they would try to add another bullpen piece or two and go um, try and build upon a strength. They didn't even do that. So uh, I think they're just really banking on Batances and Severino coming back, whether it be to the rotation or the pen for Severino. Uh, I think they're banking on those two guys and Loisica to come back and make a difference. And, yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Clint Frazier in the future, but he just seemed like the perfect trade ship to make something happen today, but did not happen. So, like, you could have definitely taken Clint Frazier. Maybe outfield is a little tougher to sell these days. I feel like I feel like every prospect is an outfielder, and but still, Frazier had value. You, he had to have value to somebody. You couldn't get nothing for him, really. And he obviously has no, you have no plans for him in your team. You have Talkman up, who's doing well last I checked. I mean, I don't really follow my zero shares. But you have Talkman, you have other pieces. Obviously, you have no interest in having Frazier on your team. Sell him, get something for him. But of course, they don't. They let him go. They're going to let him go live in AAA forever. George, if you got a deal um, of uh, what's his name, if you got a deal of Garcia and Frazier for Mad Bum, would you have pulled the trigger for that? I would yeah. hope so. Uh, in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. Now, would you have taken? Would you have taken? Even Frazier for just Will Smith. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You take you take Frazier for Will Smith. For yeah, I would do that. It's Frazier a rental. Would look good in that Giants uni with that orange hair. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he would. Goodness, that's uh, that's where you that's where you go with it. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, it's getting late. <laughs> The last team that I think quietly didn't do anything is the Cardinals. And I thought the St. Louis Cardinals would be more in on making games and pieces because they didn't sell either. They just status quo. They make this run. They had, what, a one-game lead on the division going into today or something or close to it. 
And how do they reward their team? By not making them better. I think they're kind of in trouble. I don't think they're going to be able to make a true push. Like You know, you had the Brewers try to make improvements, even if they were minor. You had the Cubs add a few pieces. You know what I mean? Like, they teams around them all got better while they stayed the same. So, I was a little surprised in the Cardinals today. Yeah, I agree. I think that's it, though, man. We talked about so much. This is going to be like an hour and a half of people not caring to listen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think it was just so much information, so much fun. It was just a crazy day. This was There was no better way to end it, honestly. This honestly reminded me today of uh, like NBA free free agency or NFL free agency. It had that type of impact of just so much going on, especially the last like couple of minutes. Well, it's because there's that hard. It's a hard deadline now, which is awesome. I love that. Now there's not going to be any more random trades in in August and September. I personally think though that it should be pushed back to like mid August next year. I would it's hope tough. that there's a lot of teams that are still on the fence at this point. So half of the NL, half of the NL is still in it. So, yep, I do think so. I think that would be good. I think if they didn't push back just another week or two, you know what I mean, just a little something, I'd be on board of that. But that's, overall, it was a good, it was a good trade deadline. Very eventful. It, it took it took up to the final hour, but yeah, very eventful. George and I, as always, have our weekly articles coming out. Real quick reiteration, his bullpen article will probably be out by the time you hear this. He has his Saturday hitter planner. I have my weekly deep dive articles. We write for Fantrax HQ, yada, yada. You don't care about that. Can you just please rate and review this damn podcast? (laughs) Um, In all seriousness, guys, if you guys could uh, help us out, hit us up with a five-star review, a little bit, a five-star rating and a little review on iTunes, that'd be great, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. But other than that, it's been a real fun show. We had a great time. It, oh, mailbag, right? Sorry, real quick. If you guys do have any questions, you can hit us up on Twitter or DM us on Twitter at Bases Loaded Pod or at any of our podcast or any of our handles to give us some questions. We're, we're trying to do a mailbag pod coming up. If you don't want to hit us up on Twitter or don't have Twitter, you can email us at Bases Loaded Pod. Well, sorry, Bases Loaded Pod at Yahoo.com. I think that's important. I think we need to start pushing the email so people know that they can email us. So it's basesloadedpod at yahoo.com. You can hit us up with your questions there. We'll, I will, we'll definitely read them out on the show. And, uh, yeah, guys, again, I'm at Mike underscore Curlin. That's at RafZ, at JMontez90. You can find us on Twitter, all that good stuff. And we'll uh, talk to you soon. 